With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your co-host, Menas, and I have a guest co-host today. Danny Saeed is joining me from news.com.au. I met Danny last year when he was covering the cricket. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Good to be here. It's great to have you on. Last year, one thing that definitely came across in the press box was how passionate you are about cricket. I know you play in Sydney for Sydney University, so you love you love the sport. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Grew up with it. And I I think it's one of those things. I'm sure it's not uncommon, but uh, very much uh, something that I, that runs in the blood. Dad, my parents are both sort of academics and and, and researchers and by education. And when it came time in the late 80s to to pick a country to move to uh, from Pakistan, they had, you know, the world at their feet and they decided to come to Australia because they played cricket here. Fantastic. Well, great to have you on the show. We have so much to talk about. A lot of cricket news to cover. Australia have announced their World Cup squad, so we're going to go through that. Also, they played their final uh, game against India this week. They actually got a win, so we'll definitely cover that after two horrific performances before that. Then there's a bit of local news around the domestic scene, and then we'll wrap it up with Can't Let It Go. Well, listeners, Australia have announced their World Cup squad overnight and I'm going to read it out for you now. So Pat Cummins has held on to the captaincy. His tenuous hold on the 50-over captaincy continues. Sean Abbott, Alex Carey, Cameron Green, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head has held his spot despite having a fractured hand. And George Bailey has intimated that he'll be available for the second half of the World Cup. Josh Inglis... Manus Labashane has replaced Ashton Agar, who has a calf injury. Mitchell Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Marcus Stoinis, David Warner and Adam Zampa. Quite a few things to talk about, Danny. My first um, issue here is 
they've decided to carry Travis Head throughout the tournament, which I think is a big risk. I think it's a, only a 15-player squad. It's a long tournament, and I do have some reservations about them taking in an injured player who who we have no guarantees will recover well. We have no guarantees about how his form will be when the injury is healed. Um, so I think it's a big risk and I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. It very much, it, it, it's giving Sam Kerr World Cup. Uh, we, we take our injured superstar and we, and we hope. Um, but I think to be fair with the selection, there's a, an element of Travis Head at the top of the order is as destructive as anybody else in world cricket. Um, you're right. We don't have any guarantees as to his form when we get to that point. Um, if we get to that point, the other side of that is that our batting depth isn't necessarily there. Your next option is Matt Short, who is probably, I think fair to say, isn't in the same caliber when on song. Um, so there's, there isn't that same batting depth and you also have a lot of batting options in that side. There is a quite a reasonable, uh, configuration of that side that doesn't involve Travis Head at all mm. um, on merit. So I think But don't you going that. with 14 fit players? It, it, that limits hard. your options. So mm. I, I don't agree with this. And mm. then this is my other bugbear. And I'm actually, I think George Bailey, Andrew McDonald, they should be on notice for this. We're going into a World Cup in India with one specialist spinner, spinner, they had no backup plan to Ashton Agar's injury. That to me is the height of poor planning. It is, I would say, ridiculous that you can go into a World Cup in India and you haven't thought through what would happen if Agar's unavailable. I don't know what George Bailey and the selection panel are thinking, but I'm really pissed off about this because they knew two weeks ago that there was doubts about his fitness. They could have got over someone to try, uh, Matt Kuhneman, Todd Murphy, even Chris Green, who was New South Wales Shield Player of the Year last year, who's played, played very in, well in the CPL as well. Yeah, played in T20 cricket competitions all around the world. And, and I, I think this is farcical, it's ridiculous, how can you go into a, a World Cup in India where everybody's saying a lot of the pitches will spin? I know there'll be some quick pitches, but, Danny, I mean, can you see where I'm coming from? I mean, I think George Bailey should be in the, in the, the target. If we don't win this World Cup, I think sack him because this to me is poor planning. I'm going to lose my job, Matters. Um, there's... Um Yes, I think there is a problem with not taking, and particularly given you have this unreal talent in in Tanvir Sanger, who you have a rehabilitated over the course of uh, eighteen months to to two years, uh, specifically for this World Cup with this World Cup in mind, um, and you've taken him, you've played him in India. I thought what was really fascinating about that third ODI, and we'll get onto that, I imagine, is. We had more or less a full strength squad minus Tanvir Sanger because mm. we wanted to see how he went, and he went. He went. I, I thought he struggled a little bit, but yeah. he was really good in South Africa, and he was really good. In sort of, I think it was in New Zealand, was it when we played those T twenties? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's a class talent, and he's what he's twenty one. Leg spin, a leg spin at twenty one will only get better with with age, and I'm glad he's on the travelling reserves um, as well. But 
I I do struggle with that. That being said. But don't you think, though, with Sanger, mm. I guess the argument they'll say is, well, we've got Zampa, who's a leg spinner. Mm. And, and I would say one thing that's come across in Tanvir Sanger's forays into international cricket mm. is he's, he's not quite ready yet. I think no. he's almost ready, but when the good players really come after him, I don't think he's quite got the experience yet to deal with that. So I'd be mm. reticent to throw him in the World Cup. But what mm. about a finger spinner? Like three weeks ago when Agar left the South African tour, I know there was an injury thing and he was having a, a child, all fine. Get someone over there. Kuhneman's been playing here in the Marsh Cup. Mm. He could be over there. As I said, Chris Green. I mean, give yourself another finger spinning option. I mean, I read overnight Ravi Ashwin has been drafted into India's World Cup squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are going to be the only team in this World Cup with one specialist spinner. Does that not seem weird to you? It it concerns me deeply. I think it'll be probably the biggest issue for for us going in and I think that conversely is probably a big a big vote of faith in England Maxwell because he's going to be bowling 10 overs every single game and if he if someone comes after Glenn um it's easier to sort of to go after uh, an offie that's that's bowling at a certain level than it is a leggy, um, particularly in India. But um, it does limit your options, it though. Does. It does, and usually it if you're relying for, on all-rounders and part-timers exactly, It makes and so it difficult on. for Cummins because the good thing about Maxwell is if mm. you've got, say, two spinners in your 11 and one starts to get a bit of tap, well, mm. you can lean on Maxwell. Mm. Now, well, I reckon opposition teams are going to start to target Zampa, because he's the only spinner, they'll start mm. to target Maxwell. And then who does he turn to? Cameron Green, who's exactly. been cannon fodder this this whole build-up. I think build there needs up. to be a conversation about Green just quietly. Absolutely. So I think this is – this concerns me, this World Cup squad. Uh, do, do you think this is a team that can win the World Cup? No, I don't. Um, I, I say that with hesitation because last week I spoke to Ricky Ponting and – I asked him the exact same question and he Name drop already. So <laughs> had one name drop and one soccer reference. So two strikes. No, continue. And he says to me, um, I said, look, are you not – I, I spoke to him before the India series and I said to him, are you not concerned? We've just been pumped the last three ODIs in South Africa and we didn't bat – we didn't get into the second power play. Um, you – yeah, that team that went to South Africa wasn't full strength, um, but we got pumped. And he said, look, wait till the boys come back. Wait till it's full strength and so on and so forth. Uh, and when it did get to full strength for this very last ODI, which is frankly the one I was personally invested in, the they played really well. That but Those batters fired. I thought Marnus Labashain was fantastic. Um, and I think there's a lot to be taken out of his batting form as well. I'd have no issues bringing him into the, into the world cup squad at all. Um, but we don't have, and, and a few others have said this as well. We don't have the same depth that, that other squads do. India's depth is scary. Um, England have scary depth. And I think those are your two front runners. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Australia will even struggle to make the semifinals at, at this stage. I think we'll have too much competition, but you never know. You never know. I hope I'm wrong because I'd love to see Australia do well. We've got such a storied history in Cricket World Cups. I've been um, consuming all the highlights of the past World Cups on KO over the last couple of weeks and really enjoying that. Um, but I just I just have my doubts that we'll 
be better. Like I think we'll just be squeezed out. I think we'll go close. But what I've seen is, as you say, we don't have that depth. We don't have that confidence in the format. I don't think we've really settled on a formula. Like who are our finishers? No one really knows. Um, so, yeah, a few questions. But you mentioned this final one-day international Mm. Uh, versus India. So mm -hmm. Tanvi Sanger was handed a debut mm -hmm. and um, it didn't end up getting him a spot in the team, but certainly gives him some experience at the top level. If Zampa does get injured, will you think he'll be brought in? Um, the big three quicks all played for Australia, Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. And I'm starting to get the feeling that that is maybe a tactic they're going to take into this World Cup, play their big three and just hope they can do well, knock a few over early and sort of slow teams down that way. Hazelwood is a fantastic limited overs bowler. We all know Stark's credentials in World Cups. And then I guess you've got the third quick who happens to be the captain, Pat Cummins. So I almost think that the way the team has been selected, they have to play three quicks mm. because are you going to leave Cummins on the sideline for the whole World Cup as, as your skipper? And you can't drop Hazelwood and Stark on their performances. So I, I think they're going to have to take three quicks in Zampa and then make up the overs with Maxwell, Stoinis, maybe Green if he plays. I'm not sure he'll actually get in there. Um, but that's, I think, the way the, the team's looking. Yeah, I think there's probably, and I agree with you, with Green, um, and I do want to have that chat about Green because he has his form hasn't, I don't think, warranted World Cup 11 selection. He probably warrants squad no. spot. So, um, so let me, let's look at that then. So, mm, you've got it changes the balance of everything. Yeah, so you've got the, the, the team they selected in that last match against India, I just, I think, gives you an indication on the structure of the World Cup. Mm. So, they've got David Warner, Mitchell Marsh opening. I think that'll be the combination if until Travis Head. Um, is fit, if he is fit. Um, Steve Smith at three, Labashane at four. They had Carey at five, Maxwell at six, Green at seven, then Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Sanger, who I think will be sub Zampa will be subbed in for him. So I guess, I mean, looking at this batting lineup, I don't mind a top four of Warner, Marsh, Smith and Labuschagne to kind of lay a platform. I know a lot of people have a problem with Smith being that high up. I, I don't. I think he, he can accelerate when, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I think one thing we've we've seen in, in just a little bit of 50-over cricket leading into the World Cup is that teams go really hard at the first 10 overs. They go pretty hard still in the 10 to 30 overs, but... There's certainly an element of laying the foundations and then it's almost the last 20 overs becomes a T20 game. Mm -hmm. And if you're good enough, you know, you'd be looking to score massive in that last 20 overs. So I guess having Smith and Labuschagne at three and four has the ability to sort of lay a platform for the finishers to come in. So in this match against India, Great start. Warner and Marsh put on 78. Warner made a lovely 56 off 34. I think concerns about his form probably have dissipated in the 50-over format. He made three half centuries in the series against India, looked good against South Africa, and I'm expecting a big World Cup from him. Yeah, absolutely. He loves he loves going away to India and, and he performs there and he's got so much experience, not just in, in the 50-over format, but also sort of through T20s and, and IPLs and tours and whatnot. Um, I fully expect he'll be... I don't know if I would go so far as to say he'll be that David Warner of 2019 that we that we saw 
that sort of dominated that World Cup. But I fully expect that he'll be probably our best batter um, or our most consistent batter at the top of the order. I have I have no issues with with I have no qualms with having him mm, in the agreed. side. And Mitchell Marsh made a lovely ninety six off eighty four mm-hmm. against India. Mm-hmm. He and Smith put on a big partnership um, of one hundred and thirty seven. Smith made 74. It was very, very hot there. And um, they sh- I think Mitch Marshall should have retired hurt because he was really struggling. But I think he eyed up getting a century and then fell four runs short, just hitting the ball straight to cover off Kuldeep Yadav. Uh, Smith made a, a nice 74. Labashane, 72 off 58. A good time for him to score runs with that World Cup squad announcement so soon after this match. But then here we did get into some troubles. Mm. Australia ended up making seven for three fifty two, which is a good score. But, but actually, they were the, what two twenty two thirty for two? Is that right? That's right. About halfway through the innings, mm. they should have got much closer to four hundred. So, Alex Carey made eleven off nineteen. Now, here's where I do have an issue. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page with this. I was going to bring this up. I don't know if Smith, Labuschagne, and Carey is a good three four five. Mm. I think you have Smith and Marnus at three and four. I'd be bringing Inglis in instead of Carey because I think he's someone who can accelerate the scoring and and can finish off innings better. What do you think about that? I think Inglis, he is powerful, uh, but I think there's also a thing to consider that Inglis hasn't really – he averages, what, 20-odd over about that many innings uh, in international cricket. He hasn't quite got a hold of the top level yet. So there is, I think, a very fair – Discuss a, a very fair conversation with with Carey to be had in terms of keeping him in the side. Mm. What I'd like to see, because I agree with you, I don't think Carey at five is is the way to go. But if you're two forty for two halfway through a one day, that's the time to put the foot on the throttle and bring up Maxwell up the order. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going that well, Smith and you could arguably bring Maxwell above Labuschagne and bat him at four. The we did this not that long ago. I think it was. Oh, it was around 2020, 2021 in the T20 format, to be fair, and playing Maxwell as a floater. But I think England do it with great success. I don't see any reason why, and Maxwell is comfortable batting pretty much anywhere from one to nine. Um, I see no reason why he can't be moved up. Mm. Maybe because it was his first match back, back, they didn't do it in this match. But mm. So, yeah, I, I've got a concern with Smith, Labuschagne and Carey, just that that the way it lays. I think if you're going to have Smith minus Carey's got to go somewhere else or out of the side. So Maxwell came in then after Carey at six. He made five off seven. Green was seven and he made nine off 13. So none of these finishes did anything. None of them were even striking at over 100, which is very concerning. Cummins, Stark finished it off. but So Australia fell short of what they should have got but still ended up being a match-winning total. I'm not sure Green is the, the man for seven in, in, mm. in, this, in this World Cup. I think Marcus Stoinis, although he's definitely had some form issues in 50-over cricket, I still think maybe he offers more as a finisher and bowling a few overs. I don't think Green's got the variety with the ball to cut it in this World Cup. So I'd probably be having Stoinis at seven ahead of Green. Who would you go for? I think, to be completely honest, I think you make that decision based off batting um, rather than variety with the ball because I think more or less, especially on Indian pitches, 
Stoyness and Green offer more or less the same. But don't you think Stoyness' uh, experience in the IPL, mm. you know, having players go hard at him in that competition? I know Green's played there, mm. but Stoyness has played there for a number of years. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I don't. I think even if you make that decision based on batting, I think Stoyness is probably the experience and the safe pick. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a way to organise that side so that you give Green a better opportunity than he has. Yeah. Um, if you give him more time, we've we've experimented with him at the top of the order in India. He earned himself an no, IPL. I don't think that's going to happen this World Cup. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's I think there's a conversation to be had about are we giving Green enough time? Mm. Likewise with Stoinis, I remember we didn't, you know, historically we didn't give Stoinis a, a chance down the order because we said, well, you started too slow. Um, and then he had that incredible season, uh, I think, for Melbourne mm. in 2021-22, I could be wrong. And also I think in the IPL he's done some great finishing there mm. as well. Exactly right. So I think that conversation needs to be had based off the batting and I think I agree with you that Stoinis's experience in India and finishing and in the Big Bash uh, is what gives him that slot. Um, the other side of it is that Green can stabilise an in innings in a way that Stoinis historically hasn't done in the one-day format for a little while. I know, but I think if Green, you're asking Green to stabilise in innings that coming in at number seven, I think you're in trouble already. Exactly right, exactly. I, I guess one thing in Green's favour, although I don't pre- prescribe to this theory, is that if you just go in with two frontline quicks, say Stark and Hazelwood, then Green could play almost as a sort of third quick and all rounder and bat at seven or eight. And maybe Stoinis is also in the team. Maybe it's both of them in there. So that's just the way Australia shaped up in that match. Um, so they made seven for 352. So much better batting performance. And then in reply, India were absolutely flying. Um, Rohit Sharma made 81 off 57. Virat Kohli made a ni- nice half century. Shreyas Iyer got going with 48. But it was Glenn Maxwell who took who bowled 10 overs and took four for 40. Uh, good support from Josh Hazelwood, eight overs, two for 42, uh, just going at 5.2 in those conditions. Pat Cummins, another ordinary performance, eight overs, one for 59, conceding 7.4 runs and over. So, um, and Tanvi Sanger on debut, 10 overs, one for 61. So not bad, not bad from Sanger. Um, but, but Maxwell bowled exceptionally well. And I don't know if you saw, he took an incredible catch off Rohit Sharma. Straight back at him. So it was a caught and bowled and he he he, he wasn't looking at the ball. He said mm. afterwards he sort of closed his eyes and turned away because I think he thought he was going to get smacked in the head and it just went straight into his right duke. So that was probably the turning point of the match because Sharma was batting beautifully and India fell away, were bowled out for 286. So a morale-boosting win for Australia and they needed that after losing five in a row. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is really, really heartening. We discussed it at some length, our sort of our spin woes. And if Maxwell can bowl like that for the rest of this World Cup. And I know, I'm aware that was a career best and, and, you know, career bests are anomalies and so on. But that'll be massively heartening to see that we have a, a part-time spin option that can do that and can take four for 40. If we can and, and can genuinely bowl 10 overs and we don't have to worry about, oh, jeez, we've got to give another over to, to what, whoever our part-timer mm. might be and sort of brace ourselves. So I think that was incredibly hard. I hope his leg stands of, up to this World the Cup. Side. Exactly. Uh, he had that leg. little niggle beforehand recovering from a bad uh, leg break. And, mm. you know, this is a brutal World Cup. You know, nine games, a lot of travelling. It's going to be hot. 
Um, so, yeah, a lot of pressure on Glenn Maxwell with the bat and the ball. All right, we're going to take our first break in this episode of Cricket Unfiltered, and then we'll be back to continue our discussion on the World Cup and to wrap up the domestic scene. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menes. I'm with Danny. And we've just discussed Australia's World Cup squad and their um, last performance before the, the warm-up games start this weekend. They've got two warm-up games before the, the main dance. So they will, I think, try a few different combinations. But um, as I mentioned, the big news that Ravi Ashwin has been drafted into India's World Cup squad ahead of Aksar Patel, uh, I, I think... I'm surprised he wasn't in there to begin with. And it just makes me think such a shame Nathan Lyon was injured at the moment. So he's due to return to the Sheffield Shield, I think, at the end of this month. But I think he might have been an option, you know, once Agar's injury um, was, they were made aware of it. He might have been another option to take the goat over there. So, yeah, real shame he's injured. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan um, provided a couple of extra one-day options last time around. I think he played a couple of games in that 2019 mm. World Cup. I could be wrong. Um, but I have a vivid memory of that old retro kit. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, Nathan Lyon could have been absolutely an option. I was saying this to some friends the other day that, um, oh, geez, why don't we take Lyon? Having forgotten that, of course, he was injured. Um, so, yeah, I think Lyon could have been an option. But in lieu of that, there's not – an awful there's, – there's some depth. I think well, by the I, next I World Cup cycle – They should have tried Kuhneman. They should have tried Murphy. Uh, they should have tried Chris Green. By and the next World Cup cycle, I think yeah. we'll have a lot more to, to say on that front. Did and Bailey forget – or did they forget that this was being played in India? Because I would think spinning options would be – you're getting very uncomfortable about this. I mean, <laughs> of course I don't want anyone to lose their job, but I'm sorry. You need to be, you need to be questioned about mm. these things. And I, I just, I, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm absolutely stunned. We only have one spinner in the I'd squad. I'd be really intrigued to, to sort of pick sort of the selection committee's minds around this because it, it's not just this where we haven't had that forward planning or that forward planning has looked different. That forward planning looks really different when we went away to India at the start of the, yeah, of the test series. Get into it. Tell me, what's your thoughts on that? Well, of course, we didn't play any tour games. We and and we're aware that the players, this generation of players, don't like tour games. Yep. It, it clogs up the schedule. It's hard. It's hot. Um, you feel tired by the time you get to the first test. You feel acclimated already because mm. you've played, you know, so much domestic cricket, so much franchise cricket, uh, and so on. But when we have 
uh, a lacking spin depth, which we do, uh, and Agar wasn't in a position sort of, I guess, form-wise or mentally as far as I understand it um, in terms of that side of things for him to be our option in India. Um, we are taking guys that we, – we send kids away to the MRF Academy and I say kids, they're all in their 20s. Um, but we take players away to the MRF Academy and, and we have that ongoing relationship. But there's not as much depth to it. We send players and we, we have a coordinated program with the county game uh, and likewise, the English have a coordinated program over here. The ECB will send players, young players away to Sydney and play grade cricket. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why we don't do a similar thing in India and have a more in-depth relationship, obviously. Well, we've actually, we, we've actually um, my former co-host Paul mm-hmm. and I, um, before he left in disgrace, and no, I'm just joking, um, <laughs> him and I have um, discussed we should be actually sending our young spinners over there, you know, like take them away from their families at like a young age and, you know, house them in India for a few years and they just develop their cricket in India. And, you know, you talk about foot planning. So they dropped Travis Head in India. Matt Kuhneman, who played in the second test, wasn't even in India for the first test. So how were they organised? What, what are no they doing? Idea. So anyway, we, we I don't want to continue on with as, my... As far as I understand it, with that test squad as well, there were a lot of last-minute changes that happened, a lot of last-minute things that cropped up that mm. meant that Kuhneman had to be flown over as far as I understand it. Um, but So I'm not sure it's entirely analogous, but I agree with you that there's, um, yeah, a lot to, a lot happening in terms of what needs to be done. So, so you've wise. got, you were saying before, England-India is your two semi-finalists in the uh, Those would probably be, I need to check the, the, the seedings and what on if it's physically possible, but I... Um, it, it would be, but England and India are my two top teams. Yep. For sure. And then wh- who are your next couple? I struggle with this. The cliched answer from every Australian commentator is, oh, Pakistan will look good. They always come around. You never know what you'll get, but I think you do know what you'll get with Pakistan. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, the, my, my, you know, my country of origin, mm-hmm. um, I struggle with them. Their middle overs batting is grim. They don't have, they are lacking spin depth as well. Uh, in a similar vein to us, they also have a couple of injuries. So I don't see Pakistan making the semifinals. Wow. Your other option is South Africa have come good, um, but I didn't I didn't have – that was in South African conditions, but they've got sort of some strong talent that hasn't quite been proven yet. They've also got a little bit going on in terms of Temper Bavuma's taken some time away uh, for personal reasons. Really? Uh, so he'll miss their first World Cup game uh, – so their first warm-up game. Um, there's a little bit going on with that side, but a lot to like about South Africa. I don't know how they'll go in Indian conditions. I don't think they've toured in the subcontinent for a little while now. Um, the other option probably is New Zealand is everyone else's popular pick. Um, and New Zealand's have been strong. New Zealand have been really mm. good and they always seem to find a way. Um, but I think, and in that context where you have England and India a country mile away, ahead of everybody else, and then everybody else sort of in the mix, I think Australia could absolutely be that fourth semi-finalist, but mm. I, um, and then from there you never know. But so I, yeah, I think Australia will be just outside, but I, mm. I, I can see them sneaking in because I, I do think, as you say, I even think England their bowling actually isn't as strong as it was in the last World Cup. Mm. I can see their bowling being an issue. Um, you know, Reese Topley and was it Gus Atkinson, mm. uh, Wokes and Wood that 
pace attack doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Mm. Uh, they just have so much batting firepower. Exactly. And, and, and even though I say those bowlers aren't as strong as mm. the last World Cup, you know, Topley's top got the potential to do really well over there. But then, you know, you mentioned Pakistan. I do think they've got a very good formula uh, at 50 over cricket. The, the top order lays the foundation usually. Um, so I, I think Pakistan, the could really threaten the semi-finals. I just wonder the pressure of playing in India, how that's going to get to them yeah, for a long absolutely. time. The um, it'll be their first since what twenty eleven. It'll be, and I don't. I think off memory, I could be someone need to fact check me here, but I th- don't think they made the semi-finals in twenty eleven. I think they crashed out in twenty eleven. No, I don't. Well, I can't remember. I blocked that out when we lost the quarterfinal to India. Um, but but you know, Pakistan did very well in the T Twenty, the last two T Twenty World Cups. And mm. although they're different games, I think they've shown this team actually does perform in in major tournaments. Mm. And um, they've got a lot of match winners. There's yes. there's so many. We talk about matches, guys that can you know carry a team on their back. Um, and I don't think any. Team, I don't think any team in the world has as many, maybe India, uh, as Pakistan does. You have arguably the best ODI batter in the world in Babar Azam. Mm. You have a, a top order that is strong. You have uh, Nassim Shah who will be injured. Um, That's a shame. Unfortunately, he was a it's big a great loss. shame. He's it's a, a great loss. shame. But you have Shaheen Afridi as well. Hopefully Hassan he's, Ali coming in. Hassan Ali. Best got, celebration in world cricket. Hopefully you've got. Especially with Shaheen, there's some questions over his fitness as well, so hopefully he's fit. Um, and then Shadab Khan needs to probably find some form because – but even your, your, your Rizwans and your, your Imad Wazims of the of the country can turn games on their heads, and we yeah. saw that in last year's T20 World Cup as well. So I could very much see the semifinals being England, India, Pakistan and New Zealand mm. with South Africa and Australia just outside. Yeah, for sure. And well, I'm just curious what sort of cricket you're expecting from this World Cup because I've sort of been thinking a lot about it and, you know, we don't see a lot of bilateral 50-over cricket so it's hard to get a, a read on the way teams are playing. But I do think the influence of T20 cricket on 50-over cricket will be quite pronounced in this World Cup. And as I said before, I think teams tend to go very hard at the beginning like in a T20 game. Then there's a bit of a, a lull. And then, you know, they've really finished strong like a T20 game. So I I think we'll see, you know, regularly scores around 350. I wouldn't be surprised if 400 gets a nudge quite a few times. Do you you think that's right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's small grounds. I think the Indian Indian grounds are always high scoring typically, um, particularly in in the white ball formats. And I think it'll be really interesting where Sam Perry sort of said on the great cricketer recently, I think it was the last okay, episode. Okay, that's third strike mentioning the, another the, podcast. Another podcast. I'm out now. <laughs> um, we're, we're about to take a break. Um, no. Um, Do I? The, he said essentially that our formula, the Australian formula, that is, you know, looked really good well, in Was this sort of intertwined with stupid jokes about the dads not loving them and all this stuff? Well, yeah, I wish my dad loved me too. Yeah. But that was a different okay, thing. Okay, great. <laughs> Imagine doing the same joke for 10 years. Anyway, continue. <laughs> the, but, yeah, he, he said that the, um, yeah, this idea of the formula would be really great in 96. Uh, this set of foundation, accelerate late and so on and so forth, bowlers that – don't have too much mystery to them and so on. Um, I can't believe you're rehashing fucking Sam Perry's opinion <laughs> to me. Anyway, continue. Um, the, but I think that's 
it's be it'll be a really interesting contrast. So I, what I are you think saying? Right. You think Australia's going with an old school format? It is, yeah, and I think that that's going to be in significant contrast to the likes of England who go almost baseball style from one to seven. Yeah. And any one of those batters from one to seven can take a game away from you and score 80 odd or 40. Um, I think Australia tried that yeah, in their we, warm-up they games. Did, yeah. And realised that they just actually don't have the artillery to, to pull it off. Exactly right. Your Tim Davids don't have the technique for 50 over cricket. Well, and they haven't been given an, enough experience or enough match practice leading. I mean, if Tim David you wanted in this 50 over World Cup, should have been playing him for the last year. How many Marsh Cup games has Tim David played? Uh, two or three, I think. Exactly. I don't, I, I don't think it's a lot. I don't think that, that exposure. And that begs different questions about domestic cricket and how we're shaping that and, and so on. But, you know, Tim David, I, I, I liked the idea because if you can go in and you can have your mat shorts and you can have your – back in the day it was a Chris Lynn in one-day cricket. Yeah. Um, so in theory it can work, but I'm not sure Australian cricket is at that place where we can do it and the English go about their cricket very differently to, to be able to do that. No, and we, and we haven't set it, the team up for that. Yeah, I, I think Australia – as I said, I think we'll hopefully do better than I'm expecting. I really like to see us challenge for the title, but uh, I'm not. Yeah, I think this will be another another messed messed up uh, opportunity for this team, where you know management will will have to take a lot of the blame for issues around selection and tactics. And yeah, I, I don't even think we've got the best captain in charge of the team. I mean, Pat Cummins, great, fantastic fella, but he's hardly captain a 50-over game and, you know, we're, we're going to put him in the cauldron of a World Cup. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, so let's move on from the international game to the domestic game because there's a few things happening here. I said in the last podcast earlier this week, Danny, that the, the domestic season has started and, geez, that feels good. Um, so I've got my first uh, international game of the summer this weekend. Australia is hosting the West Indies. Um, the, the women's teams are playing at North Sydney Oval twice this weekend, Sunday and Monday. Home cricket. Exactly. And Elisa Healy will play her 250th game for Australia. So that's a fantastic achievement and she'll be doing it as captain. So that's a three-match T20 Series 2 North, North Sydney Oval. Then they go up to AB Field. I would imagine Australia would do pretty well, but the West Indies beat New South Wales in a warm-up game and they've got a pretty competitive T20 side. So I'm going to get there to the game on Monday night. Should be good. That'll be that'll be great fun. T20 on a Monday night. At, oh, I love North Sydney Oval under lights. There's, so do I. There's nothing better, nothing better. Um, New South Wales played their first domestic 50-over game of the season and it's a big season for New South Wales because – they, they came off a historically bad year last yes. year. And I know, Danny, you wrote a pretty hard-hitting article um, for news.com.au about New South Wales cricket last year. I thought you made some very good points. I do believe Cricket New South Wales weren't particularly happy with that article. Uh, as far as I haven't spoken to, to to Dave and the team, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll be welcoming it all uh, when we, we go back around again this year. <laughs> Um, Dave's a great fella, but, um, I don't think the, it was Dave that was upset. I don't Yes. Dave uh, Lyle, head of media. Uh, Michael Klinger, who's now out of a job, perhaps less happy. Um, but he's out of a job now. Dave, as far as I'm aware, he's finished up as head of male cricket with cricket, New South Wales. There's been a lot of changes in that team. Yeah. So Greg Shippard got brought in as, um, as sort of full-time coach. Yep. Um, Nick Larkin's been brought up. Uh, so he finished up his playing contract, I think at the end of 
the season before last uh, and now is on as an assistant coach. There's a lot of new faces, especially around wow. the second 11 team. There's a lot to like about New South Wales cricket at the moment. Um, and there's obviously a lot of lessons learned and people have taken that loss pretty hard um, or that that season pretty hard, I should say, in terms of no shield wins, I think two wins in the one-day comp. Um, there's an expectation that cricket New South Wales or New South Wales cricket is strong. Well, you torched them in the article for some of the selection policies, yes. overlooking players doing well in grade cricket. Mm. Um, yeah, as I said, I thought it was a hard-hitting article. I liked mm. it. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I got you on this podcast is because I like the fact that you went all in and you didn't pull any punches and doesn't matter if everyone likes you or not. Yeah, uh, like the... On yeah, on that it was really. So you didn't get any direct feedback from cricket. I haven't. Wales. I didn't hear anything back. Okay. Um, I heard a lot. There were there was a lot of reverberations around grade yeah, cricket. I've heard some of those whispers. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's yeah a lot of reverberations around grade cricket. Um, but overwhelmingly the, yeah, like, the cricket feedback. Cricket didn't invite you to the end of season dinner. I thought that no, was I was a not notable omission. <laughs> I was not invited. No. Um, anyway, um, I don't want to make you feel any more uncomfortable. I can see you squirming, but. <laughs> Uh, New South Wales won their first Marsh Cup game of the year. Yes. Um, so they beat Tasmania by six wickets mm. and uh, Jack Edwards scored 92 off 63. He's a new man. He is a new man and it's a big year for him because he's he's been given a plethora of opportunities at the top level. And admittedly his white ball form has consistently been better than his shield form. So great to see him start the season well. I'd love to see him kick on and do big things. I think his bowling's improved and, um, yeah, great fella. Met him a few times. Um, All right, uh, next bit of domestic news and no surprise here to listeners of this podcast but Matt Wade has unfairly been given a two-match ban for equipment abuse in the March Cup. And a verbal obscenity, an audible obscenity. An audible obscenity. Yes. While was it sort of, it was off the field though. I'm gathering, like I'm gathering he went into the dressing room and just let fly. Well, he wasn't actually dismissed. The ball that he's like, the, 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 that sparked the. Yes, please yeah, tell me. The, the ball that sparked the whole thing. He wasn't, he wasn't even dismissed. It was just a dot ball. He just missed time on He was like, he was pissed off with himself. Um, and so I assume that's when the audible obscenity was heard, um, because the stunt mics aren't the same in domestic cricket as they are generally. Um, but the, yeah. Wade, abuse must've been when he got out or when they said to him, you're going to cop a fine for that audible obscenity and he just let fly with his equipment. My understanding is it was all in the same motion. Right. So he's banged his, he's banged his bat on the, on the pitch, sort of just off on the corner of the, on the edge of the playing surface. Yep. Um, and then he has said something. Has said something. It's it, it's not picked up on the sort of the mics that they're using on the stream, but clearly audible to the umpires. Um, and then on report, and he's got form. So it's really sad because I think we want Matt Wade's passion in our domestic game. And mm. uh, you know, uh, yes, I'm very disappointed. He amongst it's- us who you know. Has not sinned. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, he has to miss, miss two matches in the Marsh Cup, which is not good comp for the competition. Um, all right, staying with the domestic cricket, um, I mentioned earlier this week Meg Lanning was making a return. Which she made really a lovely 50 for Victoria in the WNCL. She looked good, 51 off 48. Victoria have lost both their games to start the season, but I thought Lanning looked really good at the crease and hoping she returns for the WBBL. But it was nice to see her playing well. It was like she didn't skip a beat. It's really nice to see Meg Lanning back and and, and around, I guess, first first of Victorian teammates and then hopefully the Australian team as well. 
cricket in this country is better when she's when she's around it. So I'm Absolutely. glad to see her playing. Me too. And the final bit of news and a bit of a blow to the WBBL, but England international batter Danny Wyatt has withdrawn from the WBBL. She's going to have a rest and she was set to play for the Perth Scorchers. And it, it does bring up a bit of an issue where now women's cricketers are being asked to play more and more and we are seeing certain players withdraw from competitions to give themselves some rest. And I think part of the reason, Danny, and I'm curious on your view, is I don't think, like they're playing a lot, but you sort of look, compare it to men's cricket, it's very mm. com- comparable. But I think one thing is the increase in women's cricket has been quite steep. Mm. So I think players have gone from a few years ago not playing that much, you know, it was a WBBL was a big part of the calendar, international cricket. But now, you know, there's all these other competing uh, T20 leagues from around the world, international cricket, there's more fixtures and you put it all together and, you know, women's cricketers are being asked to play a lot more and they haven't quite had the, the you know, it's been a steep increase. So I can see why some are pulling out of certain tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. And the other side of it is that, for a lot of players, this I guess applies less to to your to the Anglosphere, but for a lot of players, those in play, increase in playing commitments doesn't come with a significant increase in in sort of salary and support. And so I completely understand where Danny and I think Alyssa Healy said this a little while ago. It was a couple of years ago now. I think it was before we hosted that World Cup uh, that you're going to see players take time away from the game in various sort of in various different forms and and we have to learn to be okay with that with the schedule ramping as much as it is um and so this is probably the first of there's been a few english players that have taken time away they have quite a packed domestic schedule as well um relative to ours so i think there's absolutely um yeah, I, I think honestly, I, I I wish her the best, and and I think it's great that she's empowered to to take that time off, and and I hope she recovers, and quite frankly, I hope that more players are empowered to to take time off when they need. Yeah, I agree. No, no, I agree. Um, but just a blow for the WBBL, mm. but that starts in a couple of weeks. The very scorchers, exciting. at least, I think, with that extra list spot, I assume it. I don't know whether they're connected, but have picked up Stella Campbell, which is a huge win for them as well. Yeah, and so, they could probably sign another international as well. If, exactly right, if they uh, need to. All right, well, that is all the cricket news. Uh, so, Danny, we're going to wrap it up with the way we like to end all our podcasts with this little segment called Can't Let It Go. It's that little bit of cricket news you just can't let go of. And as you're the guest, I'll let you go first. What's your can't let it go today? I was actually thinking I actually had my Maddie Wade was going to be my can't let it go. Well, um, what was what was the theme behind it? Well, I was, I'm just thinking about the the idea of the the passion I mean, it was this he who has not sinned and it just got me thinking about all the times that you've seen a blow up on on the cricket field whether it's in grade cricket or whether it's and I could just I could relate to you could relate to, to I could Maddie. absolutely relate to Maddie Way just didn't even get out just missed time one and it, you know of course if you scream the loudest and you swear the you know with the worst obscenity possible then that means you care the most and that's important to you know let everybody else know you care and your standards are higher than everybody yeah. else's. Um, so that's, I shouldn't mock well, but no, but it, that, it's but yeah. a couple of things. Firstly, I mean, we want these players mm. playing in the domestic comps because this is how young players develop is playing against and bowling to a Matty Wade and, and coming up against that competitive nature of his. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I hope 
this is not too heavy handed. I haven't seen mm. the incident, but I hope that this punishment wasn't too heavy handed. Um, and earlier this week, Gav Joshi on the podcast said that Matty Wade would have been a good option in this World Cup once Travis Head was yeah. injured. Yeah. I, th- I know it's too late now, but I actually think, you know, given the team that they've gone for, Matty Wade could have been a dynamic top order player and ke- as backup keeper. So not the worst idea I've ever heard. No. No. Um, and yeah, if he had a if he had a form line to to go with that, then absolutely, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I was when I was writing up my my article about the Matt Wade incident, I was sitting there looking at his form line. I was thinking, well, I actually wouldn't mind that. Mm. You also you have a couple of other batters that have done quite well in one day cricket that are sort of are coming back to domestic cricket, and you've you've got options there. Yeah. Um. So there's a bit of depth there. Definitely. Well, my can't let it go is uh, I love this. Th- this is incredible. So. Nepal played Mongia, sorry, Mongia, Mongolia in the Asian Cup. Or no, the Asian, Asian games, games. Asian Games. And it was a cavalcade of records were broken. Nepal batted first and made three for three fourteen in 20 overs. 20 overs, listeners. So this is the first time an international team has made over 300 in a T20 international. They bowled out Mongolia for 41. So they won... By 273 runs, which, no surprise, is the biggest ever winning margin in a T20 game um, by runs. And we also had two records broken, the fastest ever T20 50. And I think this is the fastest 50 in all international cricket. It took Dipendra Singh Irie just nine balls to make 50, eight sixes and then a four, sorry, eight sixes and then uh, four other runs. And so... Dipendra Singh Ari ended up 52 incredible innings, um, so 59 balls. And then Kushal Malia made the fastest ever T20 International 100 in just 34 balls, beating the other record, which was 35 balls. And that record was held by David Miller, Rohit Sharma, and um, a Czech Republic player. So Nepal now hold all these records. Um, firstly, I can't see a nine ball 50 ever been beaten. Can you? It mathematically can't be beaten. Um, so that will, that, that's as fast as you can possibly score a 50. So that will stay in, in perpetuity. So I love that. You need no maths better than me, but I believe you. Um, but okay. Now to the, the can't let it go. I've just bit done of this. the maths in my head just to double check that. Yep. Now, <laughs> the right. can't, now, the can't, now the can't let it go bit. I do think this is a little bit shitty for a cricket that mm. you've got these games that are clearly you cannot compare this international game with some of the other international fixtures. Yeah. So I don't know if these sort of Asian games fixtures should be given full international status. I know this decision was made many a few years ago. They changed it. And I get it for the growth of the game. And who am who are we, you know, as who Australians am I are, to say, oh, no, lessons we are. Yeah, to say, oh, this cricket isn't as good as other cricket. But I do think these records need a a slight asterisk. I mean, it's Nep- it's Nepal versus Mongolia who don't – Mongolia don't have a huge track record in cricket. So, you know, are, are we going to be talking about – I don't know. I just think it undermines some of the records in international cricket. Do you agree? Uh, it probably – it probably does, but I think I'm actually okay with it uh, on the basis of that, of that growth of the game yeah. uh, discussion – and to be fair to the Mongolians, who half their side had never left Mongolia before this Asian Games, um, 
and they're being held. I didn't realize that these games had turf wickets at all. I, I had to look this up. There were Asian games, ga- uh, Asian games matches being played on turf wickets in Hangzhou, which I thought was incredible. Mm-hmm. But the I was having this discussion after training last night that if Sydney Uni's first grade team was a micro nation, where would it go? Where would it? How would it rank? And the <laughs> um, and well, you'd be better than Mongolia. You probably would be. You no, it would be. I've seen yeah. Sydney Uni's first grade T Twenty team play. It's exactly. a good team. Exactly the the first grade. You know, a, a first grade side. Um, a, a Sydney first grade side would compete, would, would give good practice to most international sides, including full members. Uh, it was maybe eight years ago, Randwick Peterson played Ireland in a, in a match before the 2015 World Cup and, Rand, and Randwick Peterson won. Mm. So there's, I guess the point that I'm getting at is that this uh, cricket drops off in terms of standard very, very quickly. And the only way that we're going to mitigate that is by including associate nations or and what used to be called affiliate nations um so i think it's okay um and yeah, and, okay. and, and, any, uh, and anyone reasonable like reading those records will look at nepal versus mongolia and go oh, it's okay. not quite the same as david miller scoring 35 yeah. off okay yeah. 100 off 35 i'm sort of with you i do think they could maybe finesse it a little bit but mm. Um, you know, there could be maybe two tiers of T20 international cricket. But as I said, who are we to judge? And, uh, you know, congratulations to Nepal. I look forward to declaring my Gibraltar heritage and, yes. and becoming an international cricketer. Yes, from fifth grade to Gibraltar national team, I can say it. All right, Danny, well, that's it for Cricket Unfiltered. Thanks for coming on. Did you Thank enjoy you. it? Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Uh, you did great. Where can the listeners connect with you on social media? Uh, I'm on social media at, at Dani Saeed. I'm on, I'm on, is it Twitter, X, Twitter? Yep, whatever. Um, and, yeah, you can find all of my work at news.com.au as well. He does great work. Big fan of Danny's work. Well, listeners, thanks very much for um, listening to the show. Don't forget to follow the show on your favourite podcast app. Rate or review the show on Spotify or Apple. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Amenas, A-M-E-N-N-E-R-S. You can also find the show on TikTok, um, Cricket Unfiltered on TikTok. And please subscribe to the YouTube page ahead of the World Cup because we'll be doing some live broadcasts as uh, the World Cup gets underway. But that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week with more. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.